We back, people. Once again, real tech talk. More sponsors, more people, bigger companies, bigger peoples. The revolution is here today. You need to listen to what this guy has to say. The experience in multifamily is changing. The trend is changing. Are you branded? Buildings you don't even know anymore. The type of service that's going to be provided, it's gone. It's a wrap. Who's attacking that? He's attacking it. I brought in my boy, Ren Avni of Vent City. Pay attention. That's why we're here, bro. This is real tech talk. Boom lot. So who the hell are you, bro? You know, what are you into? What do you do? Yo, you can keep it real here. Tell me. Tell me about these real estate players. Eric Brody is the managing principal of CEMVC LLC. All opinions expressed by Eric and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of CEMVC LLC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of CEMVC LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back, people. It's Real Tech Talk, the next episode. And today, one of my favorite humans in this space has decided to grace me with his presence. And by the way, he's also changing the game in multifamily. You know, you're out there trying to compete, trying to make your assets look different. You're trying to increase ROI, trying to prove that tech can actually do that. And this guy right here is getting straight to the point. My man, Hanavni, thank you for coming. Van City, welcome to the building. Thank you, Eric. Thank you're you for having welcome. me. You're very welcome. So what I find most fascinating, guys, that you don't know is that I know him. He is not only a dear friend of mine, but he's also got one of the biggest multifamily platforms that we have in the city. So, Ken, tell us a little bit about how you even got into technology and a little bit about the background. And by the way, just so you know, the salmon branded Ven hat, I think is just incredible. We tell people all the time, why aren't you branding when you come? You got the memo. So I appreciate that. By coincidence, I have the Ven book as well. Oh, 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 look, this is the Venn book. <laughs> Actually, Great, uh, good work. Good so job, dude. It, it's a good story. So um, first, um, I grew up in Israel yep. uh, in a kibbutz, uh, although my uh, British... By the way, no one knows what that means. So what's a kibbutz? <laughs> Tell me. Um, so a kibbutz is a very small um, uh, community type of living. It's a um, unique type of settlement in Israel. Mm. Uh, the roots are back then when they just started the country. Uh, but the main idea is that uh, this place is all about community. People living together, spending their time together, raising the children together. Uh, and you are, although you are not owning anything because the properties. Uh, the 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 um, uh, amenities, everything mm -hmm. is uh, um, owned by the kibbutz. You own ev everything at the same time, um, and so, they produce a commodity. Some of them, right? Yeah, like uh, farming or milk or butter or something, right? So you have your own your own your own home, but then you have unlimited access to you know from kindergarten to uh, uh, groceries and uh, so on and so forth. And part of the uh, part of your commitment is to work for the kibbutz. Okay. So it's uh, it's a classic circular economy uh, without the cool uh, branding and um, technology around it. Um, but um, I didn't plan to build a tech company. Yeah. Uh, it almost uh, it happened almost by coincidence uh, when all my co-founder and myself moved to the wait, wait, way too fast. All right. Way too fast. As we know, in Israel, you are required to do some service. Now, I'm going to embarrass you right now, but 
You got to tell us what your role was, because to me, that was fascinating. And we are talking here about technology, people. But if you ever see this man on the street, you got to talk to him about this, too. What was your job? So my job was, and you know, I served in like, and I've been in, Um, you know what? I got a better story. I'll tell the story. Me and this man, one time we're at a conference, some random dude comes up to me. They point at each other. They're like, huh? How do I know you? Do I know you from the kibbutz? Did I know you from there? Like, "Mm, let's talk. Beep. We knew each other from beep and beep. And I was like, wow, a true real life warrior here. So you're right. We don't need to talk about it, no, but so, I know it's to be fascinating. But it's, it's totally fine. It's part of the story because, um, like in Israel, every um, man and women need to do uh, service for the country. Uh, men are obligated to do three years, um, and you can stay longer. Mm. Um, I served in the special forces uh, uh, in Israel, uh, and I served almost six years. Make sure you're talking to Mike. By the way, can I call you like Jocko Wilnick of Israel? Can we be like you're the Jocko Wilnick? Of course, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, it is. Yeah, but sounds cool. GI uh, Joe. Yes. Um, so, um, so I served six years in the army. Um, putting aside a super uh, interesting and empowering and uh, amazing experience, uh, it's a community. At the end of the day, uh, you get to know very good uh, twelve um, friends that becoming uh, your brothers uh, down the road. Um, and part of the things that we dealt a lot as a team is how we want to live our life after the army. Uh, so you had kibbutz community, military community, and then what? So then, so then um, I traveled around the world uh, um, from uh, Central America. Uh, to South America and like uh, uh, um, going all over the place. Um, me and or my co-founders, uh, my co-founders, sorry, found ourselves um, very intrigued uh, with the new trend of co-something. Uh, and almost by coincidence, after we are uh, um, traveling in Panama uh, and finding, uh, 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 spending time with two of our friends from the army, um, we build a real estate fund in Panama. Uh, we've been very... Uh, uh, really? You were in Panama. You're nowhere near where you're from. And you just said, how did you raise that capital then? So um, we've been back and forth between Israel and Panama. Um, it was an activity led by OR. Uh, we call it the OR fund. Mm-hmm. OR is light as well. Uh, but the idea was to uh, connect to those guys that had an amazing real estate uh, company back then, but to try to do things slightly different. Okay, so just so I understand, so you knew you you, you were traveling, you saw an opportunity, but this is all real estate based. Nothing. Yeah. This is you have an influence of community and real estate. Now tie that into like why that's so relevant today. But you then found a piece of property there, and yeah, what was so the idea? The idea was just at this point of time, just to bring money. Uh, and buy assets uh, in Panama City in Casco Viejo. But the interesting uh, fact around it, it was the first time when we uh, discovered or we've been exposed to the impact of experience and brand on assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where we started to investigate more. Um, the uh, developers, uh, develop, uh, uh, no, uh, this is where we started to discover more. Um, the but idea. where did you even see experience and brand? How did that even come to your mind? Because I completely agree with you. The fact of the matter is, and I say it all the time, that if technology can assist in creating brand, 
right? That means that you are searching for a specific developer. That's huge. But yeah. how did that? So how did the, you even think that? In Panama, and it's like uh, it's a tiny story uh, from the entire van journey. It, it was not van back then, uh, but we we've been active in a neighborhood called Casco Viejo, which is kind of Williamsburg, probably 30 years ago, and you started to see this uh, urban development uh, uh, effects, like what happens when you open a coffee shop in a block that um, uh, it was empty before. What happened when you bring like a cool rooftop or a yoga studio? You know, you know, not for nothing and not to cut you off. Yeah. How fascinating is it to me that most of the time when we invest into companies, you're investing in the founder, right? Like you just are. You're like, yo, are they going to be able to get something done? And I feel like we're jumping over the fact that you went, I don't know how many thousands of miles away Panam is from Israel and then started a company and developed an asset. It's like... There was nothing. You had no barrier, right? Like, yeah. and you hear it all the time from a lot of founders where they have issues. It's like, how about I give you this issue? You're going to go around the world to develop something. I don't even know if you spoke Spanish. Did you speak Spanish? Entonces hablo español porque mi mamá es colombiana. Ah, all right. So you got lucky. All right. Uh, yeah. All the cards. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, but again, like uh, we connected with those guys. Uh, we started to develop uh, this fund. Uh, but the interesting uh, uh, outcome was uh, an amazing company called Selena, uh, that is uh, a public company, went public last, last uh, summer, um, that built uh, an entire network of hostels. Um, super innovative. You flipped to them, these assets? Like yeah. you developed, or you, were, you started Selena? Or you no, just we, sold we, to them? We've been, we've been part of the founding teams of Selena. Uh, Selena owned by uh, um, Daniel Rudasevsky and uh, Rafi Museri, which are uh, an amazing friends. But it led us to Ven, because we saw what can happen when uh, a neglected neighborhood uh, starting to be injected with amazing content and experience and community above all. How can you take those principles and translate it into an amazing hostel chain. You're buying a property in Guatemala that's worth $1 million. 12 months after, with an amazing occupancy, with great parties, and with people that wearing the shirts of the brand of this space, suddenly, quote, unquote, the asset worth $5 million. And that's what led us to think- Which uh, is an NOI increase though, right? Yeah. You changed the operating income. It was kind of run down. You branded it and created this experience. Exactly. And as a result of that, they were able to increase revenue and obviously word exactly. of mouth and social media and the rest of it. Okay, exactly. amazing. And, and it led us to uh, think about two things that really bothers us back then. One, how can you live in the city mm -hmm. but surrounded with people? Uh, and two, how can you build or take exactly the same pr principles and build it in the multi multifamily industry? Because wait, uh, the principle though is that we're lonely. We're around all these people, exactly. But you don't communicate with them. So I have the privilege to have the picture of how does it mean or what's the experience living in a kibbutz, which is the most extreme in a good way, a community that you're. Uh, literally knocking on the door of your uh, neighbor to take a cup of milk or whatever, and you stay there and eat dinner and spend time with the family that lived there. Moving to the city, only 20 minutes uh, driving in a car from the kibbutz to the center of Tel Aviv, mm. but you feel complete lonely. Your uh, value for money for the entire experience, it's not so amazing. You live like in New York in a tiny room uh, with like the roof is like uh, pouring water and you're paying like crazy amount of dollars. 
the landlord doesn't pick up your phone, you don't know any one of your neighbors. And you feel lonely. And the reason Completely I'm saying lonely. feel, that it's a feel, right? It's a, it's a like how this occupancy either adds or takes away from my life, right? And that's Absolutely. how we choose probably where to live, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's exactly the point because when you're uh, in the prime prime of Tel Aviv, uh, you feel lonely and disconnected. And you are starting to take the principles that you learned from your traveling around the world. And you see a neighborhood that is uh, pretty far from being uh, in the prime location in terms of price point. But still you see people paying exactly the same rent as people paying in the prime location. Right. So, and you're starting to kind of uh, reassemble uh, the experience that they are living there. You see that they are much more connected to their surrounding, not necessarily people, mm. but to businesses as well. I mean, the fact that I know my barista and he know that I drink a cold ice Americano with- uh, Makes you feel a little better, right? A, a little, little endorphin. Better. A little better. And then when I have already the network of my, uh, uh, the small businesses again that I know, uh, I know f uh, familiar faces and above all, I care a bit more when I will see something wrong in the street or when I will have some initiative, even if small, I won't hesitate and I do it. And this so, is the- I agree with you. And I think it's the future. We're coming off coronavirus. Right. We're all lonely as hell, right? right. We got nothing to say. You know, we're, we don't even know how to communicate with each other again. So you've identified this problem, right? And you did it successfully in Panama. So how did you then bring that to NYC? What was the business then? So what is the business? All right. So um, from our uh, um, um, experience in Panama, uh, we landed in Tel Aviv. The idea was to completely change. Uh, how people live in cities around the world. And we uh, we, wrote, we, we wrote a book. Uh, that's the book that uh, I brought. We decided before starting this journey. Wait, 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 wait. He, br he brought a book. Uh, where can we get this book? Is this at Only Barnes & Noble's? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what does it mean, but no. <laughs> so, Amazon? Can we get it on Amazon? Amazon. So the idea was let's put uh, on a paper before starting to raise money, before meeting all the challenges that life will bring and they will bring in and, it, and, and they will come, uh, let's write our vision. How cities in 2030 going to look like, and this is this book. Uh, and months after um, we decided that if we wanna bring this change, if we wanna create an entire product around city living or neighborhood living, we need to own the real estate. That was the approach at the beginning. So it's really like a real estate fund. Real estate fund, real estate company, A to Z. So we went and raised money from uh, the top family offices in Israel and we bought almost 2000 apartments in the South District of Tel Aviv. And on top of that, we started to build the experience. And the experience was different uh, businesses, different uh, amenities, communities and so on and so forth. So just to just pause, cause it's buck wild, okay? Cause normal real estate is you do a five unit, then a 10 unit, then a 20 unit. I feel like it's a testament to you and your partner that you were able to get capital behind and acquire 2000 units. I just feel like people need to understand that. You didn't go from zero to one to two to four to eight. You fucking jumped. So we, we bought at the beginning like a small group of, um, uh, uh, of, uh, of uh, sorry, we, we, we brought at the beginning, we bought at the beginning a small group of buildings. Back then, uh, it's, uh, try to imagine Shapira in Tel Aviv, this is where we started. Uh, it looks like a small townhouse neighborhood, uh, almost like uh, Williamsburg uh, before developing. Uh, and the interest for big developers was very low. 
to start and to uh, go building by building and start to take uh, uh, two units there and four units there. Uh, and we, are, we don't afraid so much from hard work. So we took methodologies from the army. Mm. We mapped the entire neighborhood and we created a pipeline, uh, a pipeline with LOIs. The idea was to bring the investor when we have enough units that it's going to be an enough and an interesting enough deal mm-hmm. because a no one did it before no one collected all those units and b we understand that the smart uh, uh, investor won't give us money for two or three four units so we kind of went big uh, and it was uh, a very good uh, uh, um, we kind of bet but on so that. i understand it you acquired the real estate you created community by curating the retail right yeah and that was the original thesis correct, correct. so where did the tech come in because exactly. by the way just FY, great idea not necessarily have anything to do with technology but fantastic right find that new neighborhood curate that neighborhood which is interesting taking on the risk of the retail but you said because of my past experience in the kibbutz that's going to drive that we know we're going to create a better feeling and i bet you that increased it roi i mean yeah. noi so then how did you then layer in the technology or what that became then today great question so we had technology in our mind from day one Uh, we again uh, from the service in the army and Israel is, Israel is a startup nation technology is around us not only as consumers but as uh, people that lives in Tel Aviv um, we saw something extremely interesting uh, one year and a half into the real estate uh, uh, business we saw that the residents living then, behave differently from the resident live across the street that you cannot explain the neighborhood as, uh, as the uh, uh, factor that create this change you cannot you kind of cleaning a lot of noises in terms of uh, uh, statistics and we saw that those neighbors those resident stay longer pay higher rent willing to consume services from us putting aside technology cleaning and demand yeah. moving and so on and so forth um and they're much more satisfied and bringing their friends so in a way we kind of tick all the boxes of the uh dream of every developer mm-hmm. we have more uh um uh the occupancy is high because we yeah, have more a higher NOI. you know exactly. you're making more money based on what you were doing but then when we said okay it took us two and a half years to get to this point it's not scalable And we didn't came in order to build a real estate company, although it's an amazing uh, business, we came to change the world. And if we want to change the world, if we want to be in 10,000 neighborhoods in 10 years, uh, real estate, it's a two, uh, uh, the, the um, cycles are too slow. Yeah. So we need to think differently. And it's a different business. It's like a macro business. It's not necessarily an operating business. Exactly. Um, except management is and people are going to beat me up about that management is but I'm saying it's not a tech business it's asset heavy exactly but then when when uh, um, when diving down uh, when doubling down on understanding how multifamily works uh, outside of Israel how the uh, market in the US works we saw an amazing opportunity to um, connect or to provide our concept to developers, owners, and operators that already have the real estate, already have the management in place, already have this en- entire or part of the neighborhood uh, that they can <laughs> operate or, or inject the content and technology they want. And we just, quote unquote, 
had to take the entire principles and the experience we created and translate it into a tech product. And then we saw an amazing opportunity. Which basically is creating binary information about how your community uses your building and the surrounding area. Yes, but much more than that, because the biggest thing the way like the, the biggest thing that I believe is currently missing in the multifamily, let's call it not the entire real estate when speaking about data. Um, it's behavioral data mm -hmm. because you have uh, you can see benchmarks and so on. And so forth. you are asking surveys and so on, but no one really have the data that doesn't only ask Eric and Hen what they think about the apartment that they live, but the data that will reflect what they are doing there. What's the interaction between them? What's the interaction with the building? What's the interaction with the amenities? And in order to get this data or to mine this data, we need to create a platform where the resident going to use or participate. So I can put monitors in a building trying to understand who's opened the door in the gym and who close it, but it will be much more interesting to understand inside the gym what people did, how they uh, appreciate or not the Pilates uh, class and so on and so forth. That's why, and looking at what we've achieved so far back then, uh, we want to be first the platform for the resident, taking the entire end-to-end -end journey from the moment they're looking for an apartment until the moment they hopefully renew their contract, connecting all this journey into one seamless experience, exactly the same way that you're booking an apartment in Airbnb and they go with you until the end of your stay. Right, but uh, you're coming at it from a holistic experience of that person, exactly. right? Caring about and then implementing the technology that's picking up what I call business intelligence and you're saying behavioral, which is, I, yeah. I completely agree. And it always seems that technology's biggest problem is they're like, we will get you this information. We are not interpreting that information for you, translating it so that you can create actionable items. Exactly. And you're saying that that's basically what you're what you're doing. But in addition, the layer, because you came from the real estate space and your background is basically saying, we want that consumer to the most important for us because we believe that impacts ROI, NOI, their stay, and the rest of it is as long as they're happy or successful within that time that they were with you. Exactly. So where do you stand today? So this is what we're doing today. This is our product today. Um, today our platform divided into three pieces. One is this end-to-end -end journey um, for, the, for the resident. Mm -hmm. um, again, as I said, they're downloading, downloading the app uh, from the moment that they're joining the community until um, uh, the end of their stay. For the owner, uh, we call it a neighborhood operating system because the platform for the owner and the, the, uh, the ops team uh, integrate seamlessly into their PMS, means that for them- What's the acronym? PMS? Property management software. Mm -hmm. um, it means that for them- Oh, integrate, you're not trying to replace them. This is an add-on, this is a plug-in to making it better. Exactly, where the data and the, uh, all the accounting system and so on, ledgers and, Crazy right, stuff. you're not trying to be all things to all people. Exactly, but we are just wrapping it up uh, with not only a new interface that suits to the needs of people that managing properties today, um, but in addition, it gives them the ability to build the brand and the experience. I mean, our dream 
or our goal is to be in a place that we are not only building communities and boosting the experience in order to increase the NOI, but we are building tools, methodologies for the property managers to do it by themselves. So you white label it? White label it, not only in terms- Powered term, by? Exactly, powered by, because um, putting aside, uh, we can dive into it, but um, putting aside the logo that you're gonna p- put on the on the app, this is an uh, easy thing to do. The playbook of how to manage the experience, this is the art stuff. Also, real estate has a giant ego, right? So, right. you know, you don't wanna go up against that. So there is a very interesting company right now of a dear friend that just started um, that's gonna do the entire, um, um, take the like centralize the entire components of the experience mm-hmm. I mean they're buying real estate managing real estate uh, building their own property management software and at the end of the day building their own brand they aim to be the um if you may the the marriott of multi-family yeah we say something different we say looking at the hospitality again as as a comparison there are many brands out there they are like small businesses and small, you know, uh, yeah. uh, hotels and so on. We want to be the platform that give uh, Joe the ability to build his own brand and to uh, uh, customize the experience according to their need of the business. Which I, I completely agree with you. I think that the future of multifamily is somehow you have to create an experience that's branded. In order to do that, you need the information that your consumer is looking for in order to do that you would need to be able to get that data collected and then act on it. Exactly. So where does Venn economically or what round are you guys in and are you today? So uh, we raised two rounds, uh, round A, round B. Uh, our total rate so far is $100 million, putting aside the real estate that uh, was uh, our first company. Mm-hmm. Um, we are active in New York, Chicago, Kansas City, LA, Detroit, Philly, and more to come. Uh, we have more than uh, 20,000 units active and uh, um, triple in uh, the pipeline. Um, economically, we are a startup, so we are growing. Uh, every location is profitable. This is how we build the company, uh, looking at the times that we are facing right now. Um, and we have a long way to go. Wow, that's absolutely impressive and incredible. So now, Tell us, because I have you here and I've got this smart guy, lots of real world experience. So where is it heading, do you think? Not in the tech game, in the real estate game. If New York's multifamily rents went up because there's less buyers, how do you think then, like, what do you what do you think are the next trends that are coming in the next like year or two years in the multifamily game? Amazing question. Um, so I think first, you know, now with the um booming of ai um i think we're gonna see a lot of automation we won't see yet uh uh, ai penetrating too strong into this uh uh, industry Uh, but we're gonna see and we already started to see uh automation and consolidation which i think this is probably the biggest trend um in all the multi not, not only sorry not only in the multifamily but the entire real estate uh industry because uh, in a very strange way that they still too young uh, to understand why, um, there is a lot of 
point solutions without without uh, platform or aggregation, which totally makes sense. And by the way, this is our vision. But we already see because of the economics, because of many different uh, reasons, we're starting to see companies merging, starting to see uh, big players starting to consolidate different uh, companies. So I think otherwise you have a million apps, right? So exactly. You've got to have just one to rule them all. Just one to rule them all. And I think and and we already see it. Um, probably one of the biggest blind spots uh, in this industry is the fact that I'm as a developer or an owner, uh, look at my competition uh, on the building next door. And I will look, they build an amenity, I'm going to build an amenity as well. They have like a, um, a package room, I was going to do it as well. Makes sense. The way I look at it, or we look at it, the real competition is between you as a developer and owner, not with the building next door, but with Uber, with Lyft, with Kayak, with Peloton, with all the experience-led companies that completely changed the expectation of resident. And now resident doesn't look only on the four walls, but they look on the entire experience around it. And I think it's a play of like maybe two more than just two years because it's very hard. And this is our biggest mission. It's very hard to prove increase in NOI. Uh, uh, connecting to experience, but we already, we and other amazing uh, friends are doing it right now, you can completely see that good experience, high level of sati- satisfaction can translate into a dollar sign. I got to tell you, you're one of the first people, I think, who hit the nail on the head. Whoever the audience is, I hope you just heard what he said, because that is the future. It is, how do you create an experience, yet you don't know that it's going to drive NOI even though you and I know inherently and innately within us, it is going to drive NOI, but we can't explain it just yet economically. Those that embrace that and are willing to take that risk, I agree. Those multifamily buildings will be much more successful than others. And by the time everyone else seems to figure it out, you'll be long gone. So listen, Chen, I appreciate you so much for coming through. I think that people need to replay and play this again and again because you hit the nail on the head on the way the future is going. And also, as you know, we're starting a second AI fund. So I agree with you. Any type of reduction of cognitive labor, come through, talk to us. So Chen, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Eric. All right, bro. I hope you guys paid attention to what just happened. He dropped diamonds. I've been talking about it for a while. He said AI. He said experience. You're coming off coronavirus. You're lonely. How are you going to deal with people? He's creating that experience, but he's monetizing that experience. 60,000 units, five cities. I mean, he's going to take over the universe in America if you don't pay attention to what he is doing. That company is on fire. They're NYC-based. I'm a big fan. And you know what? Unfortunately, too big for my dollars, but definitely we got to take a look at what they're doing. I'm definitely going to check out a building powered by... So listen, it was a pleasure. You guys are liking and subscribing now, which is great. And I need you to continue to do that. But what you're not doing, and I keep saying it, is saying what's up to the big man in the street. By the way, I'm not that big, but you can still say what's up.